It's like the Catholic Church. Stand up. Sit down. I said like the Catholic Church. It's not a Catholic Church. <laughs> okay. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the land. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Now it's funny. I, my wife showed me something that my son told you wrote when he was uh, in the third grade. I didn't know that uh, uh, children even understand that without mommy, we won't have a family. That's what he wrote. I want to read everything. No mommy, no family. And uh, he says to the mom, you are very exquisite. Exquisite completely caring. And I'm going, what about daddy? (laughs) Exquisite. Caring. Very caring. And always loving. That's beautiful. And daddy's day comes. And I'm wondering... What happened to me? (laughs) But we thank God for our mothers. Amen. God from the very beginning knew when he took one look at Adam and said, "Mm, this is not good. (laughs) He's not going to make it. Hey, we don't have to pray in tongues with that. <laughs> God says, this is not good. And, and guess what? The only thing that he created, that he looked down, because he said it all was good, until he looked again at Adam. He said, <laughs> something is not right here. The generations after don't need just a father. They won't make it. They need the mother. The mother is so important in the family. The mother so, so important in the family. Uh, Today, I want to address the family, the mother, but basically, mainly the family. What makes a family? A love-filled home, that's the family. You can build a house and live in a house. But that doesn't make the house a home. For many couples, their home, house, is just a place where they quarrel a lot and and make up later. And curse at the kids, for some. Just because you're living in a house doesn't make it a home. 
just because you have a husband and a wife and children, you don't have, if love is not in that home, that's not a home. It's just a place where you stay. Love is what makes a house a home. When there is love in the home, everything thrives. Everything is beautiful. You see, I want to talk about first about the heavenly family. Is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were there from the very beginning. That's the heavenly family. What we have on earth is a type of the heavenly family. God wanted an earthly, natural family on earth. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were one. There has never been a quarrel or a disagreement. Among the three persons in the Godhead. Never. There's never been a difference in purpose. Always one purpose. Always. Great harmony. You know why? God is love. The Father is love. The Son is love. The Holy Spirit is love. Love unites. And there is growth in the presence of love. There was never, there's never been a disagreement. Always one purpose. You know the scriptures. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. He says, we know all things work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose, still the same one purpose. Purpose, very important to God. Purpose, so important to God. In the very beginning, you can see it. The Father with the great idea, the Son with the sacrifice, the Holy Spirit working everything out to make it good. He says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was in the face of the deep. Every time the Godhead sees darkness and confusion, he wants order. He wants the best for every family. And everything that's coming is proceeding out of this being, love. God is love. It says, and the Spirit of God was over and over the face of the, the, the waters. Then God gave the word. And then the Spirit put everything together. The Bible talks about the woman. It says here, in Proverbs 14 verse 1, the wise woman builds her house. And that's interesting, because he's not talking about the man is the woman. So we're not talking about just the physical house. We're talking about home. The Holy Spirit is the nurturer. 
patient, walking with us. And the, the mother is like the spirit in the house. It's the life of the house. The mother, your place, you hold and put the stuff together. The woman, the wise one, he builds the house. Let me say this. Create an atmosphere. Create an atmosphere of love and acceptance in your home. Because everything love touches comes to life. Everything, there is nothing love cannot heal. Love will stay until there is healing. No matter how damaged a relationship is, inject the God kind of love, it will change for the better. You have a love-filled home you attract the presence of God. You know, I was thinking, have you ever wondered Jesus going into Jerusalem? He preaches and spends the whole day in Jerusalem preaching. And then comes evening, evening and guess what he does? He walks back to Bethany two miles away to live with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Three People own in a home. And Jesus was comfortable. What's going on? Okay. I'm out of this. You guys have been commended to love me. So I can be comfortable. You can be afraid to make your mistakes around your enemies because they'll pick on you later. But around family, uh, I'm myself. (laughs) Amen. Where was I? Yeah. He will always go to Bethany. Why? You mean there were no homes in Jerusalem for him to be in? Why would he do that? And then in the morning, he knew he, knew, he has to wake up early to travel down again. Why? If you read in John 11, the words you hear, he says, Jesus loved the family. All of them. There was a love relationship there. It was not just a place. I mean, Jesus was with his disciples. So you can imagine how crowded the place will be. But he loved it there. Love in the home attracts the maker. 
when you are constantly bickering and fighting and yelling in, div- in division, that's not a place for him. Love. Create an atmosphere of love in your home. The strength of a family depends on the strength of the love that is in that family. If love is strong in a family, the family will be strong. If love is strong in the family, you have created an environment for growth and prosperity and all that is good. Peace. Then the children can be themselves. Because there is love in the home. When husband and wives are bickering and constantly speaking against one another, Guess what's going on? The kids are also thinking. And sometimes having sleepless sleepless nights. Because they don't know what's going to happen. They're totally uncomfortable. They can't do their homework. They're wondering. They know their friends whose parents have separated and divorced. And now they're thinking... Now you're giving them too much load to carry. They are still young in that developing, developing age. And now you're giving them so much burden to carry. And you're not even aware of what you're doing. By not creating the atmosphere of health. By love in the home. So important. So important. When love goes out of a home, guess what comes in? Fear. Fear. You know how I find that? The Bible tells us this. There is no fear in love. You know the scripture? There is no fear in love. You don't have to fear any harm coming to the family when love is ruling in the home. That means God is ruling in that home. God has his place in that home. There is no fear in love. But perfect love does what? Cast out fear. Fear of want. Fear of the children may not make it. All kinds of fear. Fear means fear. It's cast out of the home. You don't have to be afraid of anything. If you allow that in your home. Because fear has torment or involves torment. But he who fears, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So, love goes out, fear comes in. Anxiety comes in. God has not given us the spirit of fear. You know the scripture? But of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. Now, when love goes out, their minds are no longer sound. They see things differently. 
They interpret very little things and magnify them. And guess what? More trouble for the home. Love. And God's made it possible for all Christians to love. That's why whatever you set your hands to do will work prosper. It's a love-filled home. I was reading a story about uh, a couple that had so much trouble. And then they heard the, the message of love, loving one another. And I'm coming to that and making sacrifice. And the man said, I wish I would. If, I, I, if, I, if God could help me to do this, to really love like Jesus loved. And they made a covenant to do it. Guess what? The family thrived. Children are asking questions. What's happened to you? Amen. Because love will transform your life. And transform your kids' life. They feel free because they are loved. They will come to you and not hide things from you. Because they know there's love between husband and wife. Daddy and mommy. They are getting together. They, they get together. And they really love each other. They're not thinking about all the crazy stuff. They focus in life, on life and how to make it. They'll listen to you and tell you what's going on in their heart. But when there's fighting and all of that craziness going in their home, they keep things to themselves. And they're too young to do that. They're too young to do that. When there's love, there's light. There's openness. Amen. There's love, light, openness. That's just like what I did. I'm not afraid of what's going on. You have been commanded to love me so I can be myself. That's the way it works. You can truly be yourself. And you know, God created, he didn't create create, uh, you for nothing. He created you for a purpose. And when the environment is right, you will arrive at that purpose. And truly, the environment is love. And Jesus spoke of it. Greater love has no man than this. The nature of love. Love wants to give. And don't even think about what to get. Back in return. Because they know, love understands when you give, the person will respond. God gave because God is love and held nothing back. God made it very clear. Do you know the scriptures? Uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved, God so loved. Infinite love for you. He didn't hold back the life of his son. For God so loved the world. That's you and I. You're sitting here today. Let me let you know. You will never in this life be able to comprehend the love the extent, the width, the breadth, the height of the love that God has for you as a person. He knew you before you were born. And he knew your destiny without his love. 
So he gave his son. So that you can arrive at the purpose for which he created you. God so loved the world he gave. And then there's another scripture that is is so mind-blowing. When you look at that scripture, in, in Romans 8 verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also, listen, freely give us all things? Let me tell you, folks, let me tell you. God's not holding anything back from you. He wants the best for you. There is nothing better or greater in the whole universe than his son. He didn't hold that back from you. There's nothing. If anything has been held from you, you are withholding it from yourself. God has nothing to do with it. That's why I believe the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. No, the door will be open to you. Seeking you will find. And then he adds, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone. Everyone. You can ask from God and you can get it. God holds nothing back from us. Love wants to give. That's who God is. He's always giving. The question is not whether God will give. The question is whether you will receive it. Reading the scriptures is always, have you received? Have you received? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received your healing? Have you received? Because it's already given. It's already been given. God gives. Secondly, love wants to serve. You know why? Because love is addicted to trying to make the other person feel good. Amen. Love doesn't mind, just like Jesus doesn't mind the extent that he will have to go just to make life better for you. Holds nothing back. Love wants to serve. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 20 verse 28. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, in the home, I wonder what will happen in a home if every member of the home is working hard to outserve the other person. Uh-huh. When your friends come to visit, we says, "What kind of home is this?" Right? It, you know what happens? People don't want to serve. They want to be served. Their definition of love is serve me. If you serve me, then that says, translates to me that you love me. So serve me. That's not love. You serve them. That's love. Service. What will happen in a home where everyone is struggling really hard to outserve the other. You saw that thing there, you could fix it, but you don't want to. You want the other person to do it. And guess what? Before long, there's a fight. 
And you wonder, why? Service will eliminate all of that. You know the greatest enemy of love? Can I tell you guys? It's called selfishness. It's all about me. If you give it to me, then I'm happy. The primary reason (coughs) for the breakdown of the family, especially some, I'm talking about Christian family, the greatest thing that's doing that in the home is selfishness. That's the biggest thing. Every decision in a in a home must be made with consideration of other family members, how it's going to affect them. That's love. Sometimes I hear uh, um, husband and wife they are talking about divorce, and you listen to them. All they are concerned about is themselves. They are not even thinking about the kids. This, this is like the kids don't exist. The only time they remember the kids is when there is another fight. Who is going to keep the kids? And guess what? It's really about me. They don't remember the kids. They say, I'm not happy. Well, the kids didn't ask to be in this family. You made your decision to marry this person. Now you brought the kids and they're there. They're wondering why you guys are fighting and talking to them. And they're saying, what about us? And usually the kids become another tool for, for the real battle. The third world war between the husband and wife. They forget them. That's not love. That's not love. Every decision that's made in the home must be made in consideration of how it's going to affect the other persons in the home. That's the way God wants it. God looked down and saw what was going on, going on in our lives and how we've been broken and the things that Satan was doing to us. And you know they had one purpose. To make life good for us. No arguments. Jesus came to the earth. Speaking only what the father told him to say. And doing only what the father asked him to do. No disagreement. No argument about it. And then the Holy Spirit came. And he's still still with us today. That's an amazing thing to think about. That the Holy Spirit, the Godhead. Part of the Godhead is with me today and it will be with me till the very end of the age. Why? Because that's the way the Father wants it. That's the way the Father wants it. The Bible says in Philippians 2 verse 4, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. More so in the family. In your family. 
For me, this is one thing that I want you all to take, uh, take home. If you married, you have children. The best thing that you can do, mother, father, family, let love be in your, live in your home. Let love be live in your home. There are things we're different. There's nothing God cannot fix. There are things that we disagree on because we're different. But keep the level of rancor in your home very low. And be deliberate about it. Pick your battles. Let the atmosphere of love be in your home. Jesus will come there. And live with you. Remember what he said? Anyone who keeps my commandment, guess what his commandment is? His new commandment, love one another. He says, I and my father will come and make our home with them. When you keep his commandment, he who keeps my commandment, he is the one who loves me. And what is his commandment? Love. Love. Love God. More so for your family. More so for your family. The mother, the father, we struggle to serve each other. And the kids watch. They're secure. Security is not only in money. That's a little part of it. Believe me. But when the family, the children see a strong family, Husband and wife, they're secure. The shield is around them. They feel protected. Then they can explore life and grow and thrive because there is love in the home. You know what God seeks? He seeks a godly offspring. God doesn't, I know he cares about divorce and there's a reason why God doesn't want divorce. The only reason is because he's looking for a godly offspring. He says that in Malachi. That's what he's looking for. So in the home, let's watch what we say. Hello? How do you express love through action, but mostly through your words? Your words. Let, I'm going to read this, my final scripture here. Let no corrupt word proceed of your mouth, out of your mouth. And I know what, what we do in America, the corrupt word is the curse word. Right? That's what we call corrupt words. Did you hear? He just used the bad word. The bad word. It's not good for someone to say that, but the corrupt words are what you say to your kids that are not right. Those words cause corruption. Those words, they are more wicked in my mind 
than the bad words that we say people, the four-letter words people, we don't want people to speak. You're not saying any four-letter words, but you're saying, cursing, off at, cursing, out at your, cursing out your kids. Those are the things that must not be in our home. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good? What is good for necessary edification? Edification means to build up. To build up. So you are aware of the problem. But you focus on building the person up. Building your wife up. Building your husband up. Not cutting them down or cutting the children down. You are aware. Maybe we shouldn't speak until they speak to us. But you know, pray until they find out, I have a problem. And they come, Daddy, you know, I have this problem. I know. We will work together and fight the problem. But no words of discouragement. No words to put down. If you don't listen to me, and then you go, what, what, what is going to happen? That's no words to speak. You build up. You're aware of the problem. I believe for correction for children, tell them why you don't want them to do something. Give them a reason. That's love. Give them the picture. So they get it. They may not listen to you at that point, but they'll learn. And it's at the back of their minds. Let your home be filled with love. And I've discovered one way to have the love of God inside of me And uh, that scripture is right there for you. So, I'll give you scripture to you, but I'm not going there. You go search it out for yourself. Amen? (laughs) It's uh, John 17, verse 26. John 17, verse 26. Read it. Practice it. Pray it. And I believe God. God is very practical. How many believe that? God is practical. If that's your heart's desire, focus on that scripture. Ask God to do that for you and your family is going to be transformed. Amen? Families are going to be transformed. Bow your heads with me today. Everything that we do is usually a decision in our heart. And I wanted to bring this message because I want strong families at the Ark Fellowship. Amen? Today I'm going to say to you, if you have anything against a family member in your home, today is the right day to say, God, I'm letting go. I'm putting this thing to death. 
many are hurting because they've been wronged and they've not been able to find a place to truly forgive. Today, if it's a family member or was a family member, you need to let go so that you can have your healing and you can love God and create the room for God to come in and give you your purpose, His purpose for your life. God can make that happen today. Today is that day where you can make that happen. It's really up to you. Not only family members, but everyone that's wronged you. You can let go today and say, God, would you help me? I want to be like Jesus. I want to love. I want to love the world. I want to love. I'm going to have a love-filled home. My home, when people come in, they will realize Jesus lives here. They feel the peace. They feel the harmony. And they thrive. And they want to come back. Because they feel the presence. His presence in your home. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for every family that's represented here today. I thank you for the grace of God that came with our Lord Jesus from heaven. And Lord, you have poured that grace and love in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we confess that we want to be like Jesus in every area of life. And we want to thank you for your great love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to do something. Um, One of the things I said is, love heals. That's who Jesus is. That's why Jesus spends so much time healing people. Sometimes we don't want to bother God, but God wants to heal. If you're suffering emotionally, and many of us, we're going through a lot of stuff. Sometimes I've been dealing with people ministering, and I'm having to deal with something in my own mind, walking through something, and begging God to help. We're all there. But you know yourself. I'm telling you today is a special day, and God wants to heal you emotionally. Because that thing is hindering you. And it's hurting your family. It's hurting your marriage. It's hurting your children. You're feeling it. It's not just for you. It's not just affecting you alone. There are others that are paying the price for what's going on in your life. Why don't you receive God's healing today? Why don't you? It's freely given. I need you to come up. Rise from your seat and come here. And let God heal you. Rise from your seat. Please come here and let God heal you. You know who, you know God speaking to you. There's something in your heart that says, I need that. Please come up and let God heal you today. This may be a time of change for you. Sometimes... 
one of the greatest enemies to progress in our Christian life. We're too concerned about what others think. You know what that is? Pride. And so we don't give God a chance to minister to us. But God wants to minister to you today. If you're sick in the body, would you please come up as well? God wants to heal you. Now I have, I have full confidence in God. Not in myself, but in Him. You know why? I know He's faithful. And He's full of love. And wants the best for every one of us. And so I know God will heal today. I want you to receive it. I want you to receive it. We come to God when we go to church. We just don't come here to celebrate for nothing. We're here to celebrate Him and to receive from Him. And He will give to us. He will never disappoint us. Prayer partners, would you please come up and help me? We'll pray for this. And I believe they will receive their healing today. They will for sure. Let's share a testimony before we pray. Uh, Larry, Pastor Larry Graham, the father was, is uh, 93 years old, and they had to have uh, open, is it open heart surgery we call it? They had to cut through his chest and go in to do a bypass. And they said to him, um, it will take about two weeks or more before he will be coherent and be okay. He's 93 years old. Uh, Larry called after two hours he's talking like no business he has said to them uh, Labor Day I have a presentation to make so I'm ready for it Okay, God's really done a great work there we are all rejoicing so God's healing today Amen